0: Welcome in everyone to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fantastic surprise for all of you today. We are packing our bags, we are going to the other side of the world, and we are bringing you an incredible production of Billy Elliot, the musical. Joining us today, we have the performers Daniel R. Nixon, who plays the role of Tony, Elliot Baker, who plays George and the boxing coach. Kate Peters, who plays the grandmother, and musical director Nick Griffin, all of who are part of Billy Elliot the Musical, playing now through August 13th at the Star Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. Tickets and more information can be found at billyelliottmusical.com.au. And again, we are so excited to be bringing you this production being done all the way in the beautiful country of Australia. So without further ado, let us welcome our guests in Daniel, Elliot, Kate, and Nick, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. Uh,
1: Hello. Hello, good morning.
0: Yes, good morning to all of you. I want to again thank you (laughs) all for starting so early (laughs) to speak with us, (laughs) but I'm so excited. This is an incredible production as I was reading the first time Billy Elliot's come to Queensland. And so this is an incredible show. The clips I've seen have looked amazing. So I want to start by having Daniel Yu tell us a little bit about what this show is about for any of our listeners out there who maybe don't know what Billy Elliot is. Okay,
2: so Billy Elliot the Musical is based off of the BBC film, Billy Elliot. Essentially, it's a story about a young boy who has grown up in quite a rough household and a rough neighborhood. He's put into boxing classes as a child, but finds, finds himself in the middle of a dance class one day and falls in love with with ballet and for dance he then battles with revealing this information to his family and particularly to his brother and his father and his grandma his mother has passed away so there's this sort of turmoil within the family and once he reveals that he wants to do ballet it sort of turns everybody's world upside down and we follow billy along this journey of discovering his passion for dance and ultimately trying to to dance for the royal ballet school in london
0: i love it. it's such a beautiful story such a beautiful story it's great
2: another interesting thing about the musical version is sort of the way that it's set against the minor strike in 1984 so quite a historical time in the uk particularly in northern england where margaret thatcher the prime minister at the time was closing down all the mining pits to try and save money and cut costs. And so we see this, this young boy's sort of coming of age story set up against this massive minor strike and this sort of riot between the police and the miners. And it's something really interesting that you get to see a little bit more in the musical than you do in the film.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. Which also I love that the show's being done now i mean especially as an american Mm. with everything going on here it's the perfect backdrop for a great story like this
2: totally yeah it couldn't be
0: more relevant now kate you're playing the grandmother in the show i want to ask how did you come upon this particular production
3: well we knew that it was going on and i've known matt for some years and he asked some of his actor friends if they'd like to come in and read against some of the people who were auditioning for the show and so i agreed to come in and and read against some of the males, including Daniel, I think, was auditioning think at the him. time I was. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I said, gosh, this is a fantastic story. I hadn't I hadn't seen Billy Elliot as a stage show for many, many, many years. I think the last time it was on in Australia was something like 35 years ago, apart from a very, very quick production of it just before COVID closed it down. So I had fond memories of it, but it hadn't occurred to me that there would be anything in it for me. I'd forgotten completely the role of Grandma. And I said to him at the end of the day, what a fabulous story. You know, it's it's a pity I hadn't known about it before. And he said, do you want to audition? So I said, well, I haven't got anything prepared, you know. He said, do you know any songs? I said, well, you know, yes. (laughs) So I picked a song, I sang it and went to Thailand. And (laughs) about a week (laughs) later, I got a... An email from Matt saying, you know, we, we think you might be right for the show. And I thought, well, isn't it funny the way things turn out? It's probably turned out to be one of the most pleasant casts, one of the most friendly casts, one of the best shows I think I've ever done in in a long, long time of performing. And I'm absolutely delighted that Happenstance sees me in this fabulous role in this terrific show.
0: I love that. That's wonderful. <laughs> Now, Elliot, I want to ask you, as playing the role of George in the boxing coach, what has it been like developing not only your role, but the show in general?
1: Developing the show has been an absolute joy, and I will come off Kate's statement and just say that it's been just the most amazing show to work on, the most amazing cast and crew. And I think even after our first week of rehearsal, I think every individual in that cast just looked around and just went, We've got something really, really special here. You know, we've got a really great group of people and our director, Tim, and AD Tess and MD Nick and our choreographer, Keith, they were just all such wonderful people to work with. And uh, I really, yeah, after that first week, we're like, this is this is really, really spectacular. So I think the vibes after that first week were really high and we're really keen to kick on and keep going. And yeah, developing the role of George, is kind of a comedic relief at times, which is a lot of fun and as the boxing coach to a child who then stops boxing and then goes straight to ballet just <laughs> goes to show how bad George is as a boxing coach which I really lean into <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun to explore
0: I've never thought yeah, of it, it that way <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he's horrible and it's it's fair because I don't box so really leaning into that aspect you see the role perfectly
0: well nick i want to bring you in on this now you are the musical director of the entire production now and i kind Uh, of want to build more into the development of the show and ask from as a musical director's perspective what has it been like developing the show but i also want to ask what has it been like developing it as the first time the show is being done in queensland
4: yeah so as a show it's because it's i don't know if we would still consider it a contemporary musical because it's it's what i think it was 2004 2005 so it it, it's been amazing to develop it and it's, it's it kind of feels fresh and new because it is the first time it's been performed in queensland and i feel like we've been able to kind of push the boundaries within reason with a script and obviously the music is timeless. Like I, I, I think the songs are, are pretty wonderful. And yeah, no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And I'll second what Ellie was saying about when we had that first week in the rehearsal room, just like hearing everyone together and seeing how everyone worked with each other. I could tell that it was going to be a good show. And then you like top that with some of the greatest singers and actors around. It's, it's turned out to be such a wonderful experience and show
0: amazing and it seems like the audience response has been absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic so kudos to all of you
4: yeah it's been amazing and even just hearing people in the foyer after the show and the way they talk about the show it's it's just it's amazing it's such a nice vibe it's it's so nice to see such positive reviews unanimously which is great yeah wonderful
3: there's a lot of humor in the show too which is which is a bit more refreshing than the film. The film tells the story, but, you know, the odd characters who come in and, you know, are, are genuinely funny, I think makes for a much more interesting storyline.
4: Yes. It's like the, the the movie is quite dark and grim and like the, the it's like Elton's like stepped on board and kind of made it a bit more fun, a bit more camp. <laughs> yes. And with the costumes and the choreography, it's just like, it's like how the movie should could be. It, could, it just works as a musical. Like I, I love it. I think it's great.
0: I now want to kick off the next question with you, Kate, and I want to ask, what is the message or thought you're hoping the audiences will take away from the show?
3: I think that what the audiences take away is the fact that even in the most dire circumstances if you're passionate enough about something, as Billy is about his dance, you know, he doesn't want a childhood, he just wants to be a ballet dancer, then it, it's possible. I mean, even today, we see people rising out of, of what seems to be an impossible situation, and getting to places that they never believed they could get. And, you know, in, in the in the most simple sense, I guess that's what the show's all about. And, you know, from from where he came, you can just imagine that that the UK in those days of, of, of uh, a little village in Durham must have been a, a, a pretty sad place to grow up for a kid with those sorts of aspects. I don't think he has the aspirations at the beginning. They sort of come on him reasonably suddenly and then he grabs them with both hands and runs with it. But the three kids that we've got are amazing artists. I mean, for three boys of 12 years old to be on stage almost the entire show. And, and deliver acrobatics and dance and, and singing and acting to the standard that they do. It's just amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to know what their lives in the future will be like, whether they will run with the ball that they've been given and make something wonderful of their lives and careers.
0: Hmm. I love that. Elliot, what about you? What is the message or thought you're hoping audiences take away from the show?
1: I think there's a deep sense of community with in the storyline of the show. You know, the miners they band together at the start of the show to get a higher wage, to to get a, a better life for themselves. And when things aren't going their way after months and months on strike, they they continue to band together and, you know, help each other out with the little money that they have, with the little food that they that they have. And then they band together again to get Billy to London to fulfill his potential. And then, you know, when things don't go their way again, they then again band together at the end of the show to go back to work and go, all right, this is the hand we've been dealt. We can do this. We're doing it together. And then that's just an amazing sort of wrap-up of the, the miners' side of the story. So I think, you know, the show has that through line with, that sort of subplot of the miners where community and people and being there for people is just, it's sometimes the only thing we have in life. And it's a, it's an amazing lesson to, to learn and take away from the show for sure.
0: I love that great message or thought that you guys are hoping that the audience take away. Daniel, I want to start with you on my last question for this first part. And that is who do you hope have access to Billy Elliot.
2: I think it's a show that really needs to be seen by everybody. And I hope that no, no matter what community you come from, you're able to come and see the show. I think the show definitely reaches out to people who, you know, go to dance schools and acting schools and sort of the younger generation of kids that want to see somebody like themselves on stage. I mean, we've not only got Billy Elliot and his friend Michael, but there's a whole group of ballet girls in the musical as well who are all sort of in Mrs. Wilkinson's ballet class. And so, yeah, to be a young person in the audience, no matter, you know, where you come from, what gender you are, to see a group of uh, of young people on stage who are doing what you want to do, I think is really important. I think it's it's going to be quite inspiring for them to see that. I know if I was you know, sort of that age. And I got to see this musical when I was younger, I probably would have had the same sort of experience to, to be like, I, I really want to do that with my life. So I think it's important for that, but I also I also love that there's an older generation that can come and see the show too. I think it's so important to see varying ages in the audience and people that can take different things away, whether they can find relevance in their own family, their own relationship with, with, with their children yeah it's 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 i think a show for everybody
3: that
0: is fantastic that's a wonderful thought to share thank you and bringing us home nick our musical director who do you hope have access to this production
4: well i i i second what daniel says about it's really for anyone i mean there's i remember i saw the show when i was about 12 or 13 the first tour in australia and I guess the biggest thing, like the people, like people back then were like, oh, there's so much swearing in it, but it actually, it's not used in the way that when you hear it, you're like, oh, it's so, but I don't know, I just feel like it's a different time now. It's a very different time to what it used to be with with swearing and stuff like that. And I, I, we see like heaps of kids coming to it and they, it, it, I think it resonated with anyone because that stuff kind of just goes over their head. And there's, I think there's some really important messages about acceptance and equality. And I think that it's nice that it's accessible for anyone, really.
0: switch lanes now for the second part of our interview. Give our listeners a chance to get to know all of you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking all of you, what or who inspires you? What playwrights or composers or shows have inspired you in the past or are some of your favorites? And Elliot, I'm going to go ahead and start with you on this question.
1: I think growing up listening, my dad is a fantastic vocalist he really just a beautiful tone beautiful baritone at the time anything on stage but I think just watching him do his stuff and people just just be absolutely enthralled and amazed by his voice was inspiring and then you know when I turned 20 or 21 I was like oh I'm switching lanes now and I'm, I'm going down this route so yeah I'd have to say I'd have to say my dad at a personal level
0: that's fabulous. I love that. We love when dads and moms inspire us. So that's fantastic. Daniel, what about you?
2: Well, okay. So I, I don't come from a sort of performing background or anything. I, I grew up in a military base. So performing and acting was really not on the cards for me. And it wasn't really a part of my family. So I kind of found it as, as a way to sort of escape that strict lifestyle and be silly and have fun and play characters and do voices and things like that. So that was my sort of way out. But having sort of come into theater, especially musical theater quite late in sort of my early twenties, I only really discovered musical theater. I fell in love with Stephen Sondheim's work. I, I just felt like having been really passionate for acting and for drama and theater, I really wanted to, to find musicals that were sort of actor-driven and actor-focused. And when I discovered this wonderful person who writes amazing musicals, I sort of fell in love with his work and really found a, quite a unique approach to, to songwriting and a, a unique approach to storytelling within the music. And so it's... It was great to study him throughout my BFA to just sort of learn his techniques and the way that he writes, but also the amount of detail and attention that he puts into work because that's sort of the way that I approach my work As I'm always looking for, for small details and little bits of information that I can make larger. And so, yeah, his work for me has always sort of stood out and resonated with me quite, quite on a personal level.
0: Yes. We love Mr. Sondheim here. So that's a wonderful, wonderful inspiration. What a great little story there. Hopping over to Nick. What are, who inspires you? Well,
4: Stephen Sondheim as well is probably my greatest inspiration. I just find that his writing is so specific and it's funny, you have like, (laughs) you you could be playing something like, if if I'm sight reading a score, a Sondheim, like a, P, a Sondheim piece, and I question whether something's right or wrong. I never know unless I like really examine it. I'm like, oh, there's a wrong note there, and it, and even it, like the more right it sounds, usually the more wrong you are with his music. The more the more melodic, but I don't know. I just find that he, his writing is is just like very specific to Thor. Like every every part of his music is written with intention, and there's there's a reason behind every part of his music and you can listen to them. And, and like, I, like my favorite musical, it would, oh, that's a, that's a really tough answer that I'm giving right now, but I, I would say Sweeney Todd. I, I love Sweeney Todd, but then this is a guilty pleasure, which is Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is, and I know that his absolutely no disrespect to the man, but, but his music is very melodic and it's, it's, a bit of an easier sight read than Mr. Sondheim. But I do find like, I, I love Phantom of the Opera. Like I love that musical and it is such a guilty pleasure. And I'm almost embarrassed to talk about it with theater people because they're like, you're an idiot or whatever. But I I, I don't know. I, I just think that Sondheim is my greatest in- inspiration. Andrew Lloyd Webber is a little bit more of a quiet inspiration because I, I admire what he's created and the success that he's had.
0: I love that. No, and no, no one here thinks you're an idiot. We all have those like guilty pleasures, like when when something comes on, like Mama Mia or something, and we're all like, no, no, I'm just too good for that. And secretly, you're like, oh, Dancing Queen hits. That is <laughs> it's, my it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Ms. Kate, bringing us home on this question what or who inspires you?
3: Well, I was lucky enough to grow up in a family of uh, singers. Well, not very bad singers. Um, My grandmother used to play uh, an old upright piano very badly. But my grandfather and my mother and my uncle all had pretty good voices. And I can remember many, many times gathering around the piano in the lounge room, the way people used to do. Before television, I might add, I had a a very uh, artistic, I suppose, in inverted commas, uncle. Who took me to my first show? I remember going to Her Majesty's in Sydney many years ago to see the original, the original touring production of South Pacific, where they brought out some American people, and I, I I couldn't believe that the story that they told on stage was, you know, left me with a feeling that I was in another, I was on another planet, you know. And this uncle of mine used to take me up to King's Cross, which was a bit of a red light district in Sydney, and see belly dancers and stuff. And he was kind of like a an Auntie Main to me, and so I, I grew up in Sydney going to see all the old musicals. And as far as you know, um, classical musicals concerned, uh, I go way back to Rogers and Hammerstein, and it's amusing to me to see so many of that era of that genre being revived on Broadway. I mean, our own Hugh Jackman had this incredible production of Goat a couple of years ago, but I also love things that we will never see in Australia. I mean, a couple of years ago, I was in the I was in New York and I went and saw a wonderful show called A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, which I thought was one of the cleverest things I've ever seen, based on the old film Kind Hearts and Coronets. I also loved a thing many years ago called Grind, which I think won a Tony Award and then closed. Another Cy Coleman one called The Life, which was one of the best ones I've ever seen we won't see them in australia because they just aren't commercially viable but i th- i think in our situation where we love anything that people do on stage which is musical we're becoming more and more lucky in australia because there is so much more theatre than there was when i was growing up as a kid when you know they would release the, the 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 LP before my fair lady came out so that everybody in the world had seen it before we did but we all knew the music it's not it's not so bad here now within you know, with with a lot of the musicals that we get the opportunity to see and a lot of Australian-based musicals which are beginning because we have incredible artists in this country, incredible musicians, incredible techs, and incredible performers. And I think the world's just starting to uh, appreciate that. Yes. Well, I want to ask you all now my favourite question
0: to ask guests, which is, what is your favourite theatre memory
2: i can jump straight in because i've got a quite a ridiculous one but it's always stood out to me it's sort of so it was 20 2015 and i was seeing les mis mud for the first time in my life you know growing up I had no idea what this french musical was and thought i was going to see some niche piece of musical theater and I bought front row tickets. I had zero expectations. I had absolutely... I'd never seen the film. I'd never seen any iteration of it. And the Australian cast at the time, Simon Gleason, was playing the role of Jean Valjean. And the deepest memory for me is just him standing at the front of the stage doing Jean Valjean's soliloquy and spitting all over me. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it was something that I just... I just became hooked because I was just so impressed at the amount of work and effort and passion that this man was doing to convey the role that he was like sweating and perspirating (laughs) and spitting all over me and I just (laughs) saw that and I was gobsmacked and as soon as the curtain went down I was like I want to do this as a profession because that to me was just the the pinnacle of of a person honing their craft and be, being so committed to the role, and I became very, very much quickly hooked on musicals, and yeah, which is a very, very fond memory
0: for me. I <laughs> love that. Love. It's not often you hear anymore about a fond memory where you're getting spit on. I feel like that went out. Like, you know. <laughs> no,
2: I know. I, play, I did warn you guys. I did warn <laughs> you. Twenty twenty. We can
0: talk to about that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that.
3: I think that one of mine is being in Melbourne one day and having heard that Beauty and the Beast was a wonderful show and not knowing anything about it, I wandered into a theatre. It was packed and said to the girl, you know, I'd like two tickets for it. And she sort of laughed and said, people are waiting weeks to get in here. But she said, I do happen to have one ticket upstairs and one ticket downstairs behind a pole. So I sat behind a pole and Hugh Jackman was playing Gaston and Rachel Beck was playing Bell. And I can remember sort of doing this behind the pole for most of the show, but walking out of the theatre at the end of the show, I must have been a foot above the pavement because I had never been so impressed with a performance. It was it was just magic. And I haven't actually had that feeling about any other show ever since. He He just... I don't know what it was that he did, but the whole thing was perfect. It was just a perfect show. And I'm still looking for the next one.
0: I love that. That's wonderful. <laughs> Who would like to share their, their memory next?
4: I will. I so when I was younger, so maybe like 10 or 11, my my mum used to do musical theatre, like a local like amateur musical theatre in Canberra where I grew up. And she used to kind of take me along to the rehearsal sometimes. And I used to kind of like watch the rehearsal process. And that was what got me into musical theater. And I remember watching the MD being like, oh, that's a really cool job. And I had, I, I started playing when I was playing piano when I was four. And then I went to lessons when I was seven. So by that stage, I've been playing for a couple of years. And that was kind of like my trajectory to get to where I am now. So when I was 16, I got asked to MD. Fiddler on the Roof in Canberra and then from then I was just doing show after show after show and I think that my fondest memory is just watching my mum in that rehearsal room being like oh this is such a cool thing that they do voluntarily at that stage because it's yeah and it was just
1: so cool yeah
0: oh I love that that's fantastic mm-hmm. yay
1: we love stories yeah for Nick and Nick's mum <laughs> 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 shout out to Shaz
0: Oh that leaves <laughs> exactly. you. So,
1: I moved to London in 2019 for a couple of years, and the one of the first show I saw was Man of La Mancha while I was over there. And I'm a huge Frazier fan. I love Kelsey Grammer, and he was playing Don Quixote, and his performance was just outstanding. I mean, his vocal quality and his timbre his speaking voice is just excellent and he was just had such grandeur and he was so grounded and it was just it was just one of the most amazing pieces of theater i've i've, I've ever seen and yeah hugely inspiring so that's mine
0: it's amazing we love kelsey grammar he really is he's incredible and the oh, he's unbelievable. He does, so, just, he's I'm,
1: very funny he's very good at drama i mean he's a He's a yeah he's a world class yeah.
0: Thank you all so much for sharing those wonderful memories. They were all incredible. Thank you all. Finally then, if our listeners would like more information about Billy Elliot the musical or about any of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. how can they do that?
1: Socials I think the Billy Elliot socials Billy Elliot dot the musical am I correct? Yes. And I'm Elliot underscore Baker on Instagram.
3: I'm on Facebook. I'm too old to work out Instagram or Twitter or any of those things. So Kate Peters on Facebook will get me.
4: I'm at Nick Griffin, Oz, (coughs) A-U-S. And it's the same for both Instagram and TikTok. And I go live on TikTok and I take people's piano requests. So if if anyone wants to jump on and see me on live, they can leave a comment and I will play a song for them.
2: And you can find me on Instagram at Daniel Arnixon, or one word.
0: Perfect. Well, Daniel Elliot Kate Nick. Thank you all oh, so so much for taking the time to speak with me thank you for getting up early to speak with me and sharing this amazing <laughs> show it has been an absolute honor i wish we were able to just hop on our private plane and get over there right now to see your incredible show <laughs> but hearing about it is the next best thing so thank you all so much thank
1: you for having us thank you so much for having us nice thank it's been you the pleasure
0: my guests today have been the performers, Daniel R. Nixon, who plays the role of Tony, Elliot Baker, who plays the role of George in the boxing coach, Kate Peters, playing the role of grandma, and the musical director, Nick Griffin, all of whom are part of Billy Elliot the musical, playing now through August 13th at the Star Gold Coast. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting BillyElliottMusical.com.au. And we also have some contact information for our guests, which we'll be posting in our episode description and social media post. But if you find yourself in the Queensland area or anywhere in Australia, or you need a reason to just take a great vacation, Head over to the Star Gold Coast right now through August 13th to catch Billy Elliot the Musical. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to
1: turn off your cell phones,
0: pick up your candies,
4: and keep talking about the theater in a stage
3: whisper.
0: Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod.
2: And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod at gmail.com.
0: Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzhar. Other music on this episode provided by